On this week's episode, Microsoft takes aim at Amazon Echo and Google Home. After years of cutbacks, Sony says they're finally going to be profitable and bringing high-end home solutions just for you. Small integrators are implementing RMR for a bunch of profitability and CDS Business Exchange registration has opened. It's an event you're not going to want to miss. All covered this week on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 44, Communicating Value. This is Resi Week. This episode of Resi Week is brought to you by Daylight. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by... Sanjay Patel, he's the president and CEO of Anuba Automation. Sanjay, how are you, sir? Doing great, thank you, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, then we have my good friend, my good buddy, Tim Albright. He is the founder of this here little little company that you all know and love. How are you, bud? I am well, sir, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. And last and not least, we have, oh yeah, Joe didn't show up oh, today. Nice to Joe. I am. I, I didn't. I didn't give him a, a a head of nothing, saying Joe didn't want to come today. I just tried to introduce him, but he wasn't here to be introduced. Uh, yeah. So if you know Joe Whitaker and you're watching live, please feel free to send him a message and say, "Joe, where are you?" Because at least he's not getting back to me. Maybe he'll get back to you. <laughs> <Good gentlemen. laughs> it's going to be one of those shows. Let's uh, let's jump right in. This comes to us from The Verge. Microsoft is taking aim at Amazon's Echo with a Windows 10 Home Hub feature. This is something that I gotta say, we, I expected, I, I'm amazed it's taken them this long to uh, not formally announce, but have a bunch of rumors fly. Uh, it sounds like in Windows 10, they are planning to have an update that will in introduce and include a home hub. This is due uh, sometime in 2017 and 2018, uh, but not on the upcoming creators update. What this is going to potentially do is have some features that will quote unquote crush Google Home and Amazon Echo. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a loaded statement. And again, that's coming from Windows Central's reporting that. Um, and The Verge is reporting on their report. Uh, Patel, or, or sorry, Sanjay, do you see this, no, knowing that it's it's an actual hub opposed to just a, a standalone system of their own Cortina, do you see this as something that will have the potential to actually compete with Google Home and Amazon Echo, or is it completely a, another beast? Um, you know, it could actually compete against Amazon Echo um, and Google Home. I, I think that the thing they should probably worry about is they're a little bit behind the game in the fact that they're talking no. about not launching until 2017 or 18. 
Um, they will have some catching up to do. Amazon Echo is out there and doing great and getting some adoption. Google Home, I mean, they're starting. Uh, we'll see how their adoption goes, but they're they're putting a big foot forward. Um, so I, they'll have a lot of catching up to do because they're a, at least a year to two years behind everybody else, and a lot changes in our industry and in, in within 12 to 14 months, 12 to 24 months. Sorry. Very true. Tim, looking at this, one of the things that they mentioned in this article is that the primary uh, focus is going to be a family environment to create, you know, essentially that virtual fridge door. Is this that the type of application that the home hub, not, not, not Microsoft's home hub, but a, a hub for the home, a digital center where everything can live? Is this where that technology needs to be? Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Big questions. It's a great question. Um, Started off with jokes. Now we're into the tough stuff. Now we're in the tough stuff. Here's the thing. Well, I don't know that anybody has the product right now that's going to do that. Um, with the exception of a, of a cell phone. And the reason for that is all of us have disparate devices. Now, a lot of us... Uh, Matt, I, I know you are a lot like me. We were in, in an iOS ecosystem. Um, my wife has an iPhone. I have an iPhone. We use um, the Google, the uh, iCalendar to coordinate our daily lives. So saying that one device is going to be the home hub, I think is, is maybe disconnecting and, and looking back to the Jetsons and back to the 60s and 70s when we were looking at, at technology. I think the, the hub is, is a virtual hub. Uh, it, it is a cloud system somewhere where we share information, we share what's going on, we share everything uh, in a virtual place. Whether or not Microsoft can be that, I don't know. Um, my issue, though, is, is back, back to what Sanjay said, is unless they are already talking with folks, and, and we don't know that, right? Um, we were kind of joking before we started recording about NDAs, right? Um, mm -hmm. If Microsoft is already talking, we're not gonna know that until CDR or CES or some other announcement. Um, the thing that made Amazon Echo such a big splash, the thing that made Google Home actually is not as much of a splash, but it's still a significant splash, is the fact that when they announced it, in our industry, in, in the AV industry, they already had significant partners. And by significant, I mean, they had people who were well-established in the industry who already had hooks into these devices. Um, Control 4 is the one that talk, comes off the top of my head that can talk to both of them now. They, they have Google Home as well as, um, as uh, Echo. Um, and I believe we were talking, we had uh, uh, Alex on from Josh.ai last week. They can do both as well. Unless Microsoft is already having those conversations and planning on that, I agree with Sanjay, they're already behind it. Does Microsoft need to have those conversations? Absolutely. No, go no, ahead. No, 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 Sanjay, go ahead. Because the, the one thing I wonder about is Microsoft is notorious for doing their own thing, even more so arguably than Apple is. Do but they more than Google or, or more than Amazon? I mean, hey. but, but, but Amazon and Google will play with others. Whereas Apple traditionally, everyone knows does not. Microsoft has kind of become the same, the same kind of company. Yeah. But I, 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 I think for them to succeed in this market, like you said, it's, it's, uh, it, it may not 
be a physical hub and maybe a virtual hub. I mean, what will make this really work is partnering because they cannot do as big and powerful as Microsoft is and as big and powerful as Apple is. You've got to partner with um, other best in breed products so that you really are bringing a solution to the customer, to the consumer, um, and you're not trying to do everything on your own. So I think they will have to partner. They should partner if they really want to accelerate and create adoption quick. Um, you know, look at different partners, get on board, don't try and recreate things that are really done really well, um, and try and create an ecosystem and bring things together. They've got the potential to do that. They've got the wherewithal, the ability, the infrastructure uh, to be able to pull that off. But if they don't try and do that, they, if they don't try and partner, I think they're going to have a huge hill to climb. I don't care how big and powerful they are. It, just, it still takes time. Or, <laughs> I'll, I'll be somewhat contrary in here, Sanjay. No, you or they go out and purchase it, right? Mm -hmm. Samsung just picked up a uh, Harman for $8 billion a couple of weeks ago. Part of that purchase was, was AMX. Harman purchased AMX. Um, was it 300 million about a year and a half ago? Yep. Um, and so Microsoft being Microsoft, they've got the cash reserves. They've got the deep pockets. They can go out and buy Crestron for right, for right now. Um, for, for for all that's you know for all that's worth. I mean, and, and Crestron is blue. More huh? They're both kind of blue. They're both kind of blue. Yes, they're both kind of blue. They don't have to um, remake it. Here's the thing: it would be an easier. Hang on, it would be an easier pickup than Control Four. Yeah, Control yes. Four is a publicly traded company. Yes. There are issues, and, and there would be uh, stockholder approvals and stuff like that. Crestron is is you know going down and, and buying a loaf of bread. You know? So so hold on. Here's my here's my big question that always comes to mind when we start talking these home hubs and the digital connection of the home. Does a company like Microsoft care about what Crestron brings to the table? Or do we only have this, this part of the conversation, not necessarily Crestron specifically, but do we only have this part of the conversation because we're AV guys? Well, here's the thing. I, I, I will look at and reference the the echo announcement a lot in this conversation and, and whenever we have this conversation because i think they did it correctly and that is they took a look at the, at the system out there they took a look at what was working currently whether it's uh, home automation or it's it's um, commercial automation there are certain parts and pieces that simply don't play well in the ip space currently not saying that they won't ever eventually, but, but, but there are systems that just like good old analog control, occupancy, occupancy sensors are, are currently one of those things. Fire uh, um, systems are, are moving towards IP, but still, you know, there, there's a large percentage of them that still like analog, you know, um, uh, closures and, and uh, relays. So getting systems like that into an IP space typically takes some sort of interface, takes some sort of third-party device. Talked with Global Cashier a couple of weeks ago. They do stuff like that really, really well, right? Um, you can go down that road and, and start partnering with them and, and seeing you know, the, the, how their parts and pieces can help you out. Or you can look at, again, Control4, AMX, Sanjay's company, Crestron, anybody that does home uh, control really, really well mm -hmm. and partner with them. Figure out what it is that they do really well. These folks have got years upon years upon years of being in this space. You're coming in and saying, okay, well, I, I, I want to be in that space too. And instead of, you know, 
starting from scratch and, and, and home baking everything from the ground up, you partner and say, you know, you do something, you do what you do really well, will be the, the hub part really well, or the voice control part really well. And, and you connect with those. Now, Google and, and Amazon both recognize the fact that they had to do that on several fronts and with several companies. Mm-hmm. Microsoft, you know, that maybe they, they pick one or two and that's their preferred partner and, and you know, it helps both of them out. Very yeah, good. and it also goes into like why, you know, what's the motive behind them wanting to get into this space, right? Um, and, and what they're going to do with why they want to get into the space. Is there a, a data collection side? Is there mm. getting more into the home, there's more intelligence side that they don't currently have? Um, you know, they have the PC, they own everything like that. They haven't done well with phones. So there's parts of the segments of different parts of the home that they're just not in. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think, you know, back to the original, yeah, they can just go out and acquire someone that's already in this space and, and take that IP, take the knowledge, take their infrastructure and, and build it from there. Restaurant's a great example. I mean, uh, other companies are great examples. So I, but I think they would be uh, remiss if they didn't try and partner with folks and do it like, I think Amazon did it great, right? I mean, I think that's why Echo has did, has taken off um, as fast as they have. And, and they need, they've still got a ways to go is they've, uh, they, they know the pieces they want to own. Uh, they don't want to own everything and they're going to partner with everybody else that does those different things and help bring it all together. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's the reason why they're going to be successful there. And I hope Microsoft kind of follows suit. Very good. Let's move on from software to some hardware. This comes to us from our good friend, Ted Green over at strategy.com. After years of cutbacks, Sony says they're going to drive some sales. Uh, This is good news, really, in general. Uh, Sony was talking with uh, Nikki uh, this week, and they are outline a going forward strategy to drive Sony sales worldwide. Uh, It sounds like uh, not only have they been profitable the last couple of years, but they're pushing uh, obviously their sales forward. Looking at uh, this article and and definitely go check it out because Ted's got a lot of really good points in here. But one of the biggest things that uh, stuck out to me was their desire to go after the the high-end market. And this specifically seems to address obviously their residential, their residential channel opposed to their their pro AV channel. Um, Sanjay, looking at you know kind of what they're talking about in this article, but specifically their desire to go after high-end sales, is that something that I wouldn't say it's a departure because Sony's always been a top tier brand, but is that them putting all their eggs kind of into one basket a little bit? Um, yeah, I think it is. I think it is. I mean, they're, they're, they're want to play in the high end space and nothing wrong with that. And there's lots of successful companies that play there. Um, you know, I think Sony's, uh, Sony's a great company. It's a great brand. It's been around for a very long time. Um, but they've kind of been out of the conversation for some time now. Um, a lot of things have kind of progressed and, and uh, I think they're trying to build their brand. There's probably a little bit more they can own in the high-end space. Um, they've got a tremendous R&D engine that can help. Um, but I think they are making one bet. They're putting all their eggs in one basket, but that's not bad. I mean, I think that's, that actually gives you probably the highest degree of success. 
because you actually are finding a niche or finding an area. I want to own that area and they're going to go deep. Uh, now, whether they kind of try and broaden, um, broaden that later, uh, we'll shall see. I, but I don't think that's a bad strategy. Tim, as, as we look at some of the figures that, that Ted mentioned in this article, and, and specifically when you look at the charts, Obviously, they were, when it comes to TV sales, which is still a, a large part of their bread and butter um, value and, and, and sales numbers, obviously, they hit a big boom in 2010, kind of when HGTV was at its peak and everybody who didn't have a, a flat panel was upgrading and HD was becoming so prevalent. But when you look at the value in sales and correspond those two together, you're, you know, obviously you're seeing a, uh, almost a, a 10 million unit drop um, from 2010 to 2016, but you're seeing an almost flat line in, and again, I'm being a little broad, but you're seeing a very consistent value. How much of that lines up with their desire to continue to go after high end with the, with the price of 4K displays and the like? Um, I hope it lines up well. I, I, I've always been, I've been a big fan of Sony for a long time from a, from a, a product standpoint. You know, they don't make OLEDs, right? I know. Um, but I'm Are talking, sure? I'm talking 30 years ago. I'm talking, you know, the, you know, uh, you know, the, the back in, in old broadcast days when we had in provincial Maddox and the ones that we use were Sony's primarily, right? Of course. Um, the cameras have always been top-notch, you know, the Sony Walkman. The company itself has always pushed forward. Now, they've had a string of bad luck. They've had a string of bad decisions. They've had a string of, of products that haven't quite hit. Um, there's a number of really smart technologists who will point to late 90s, early 2000s, when Sony actually had an MP3 player ready to go. And they didn't pull, they didn't deliver it really well. Um, they did not execute it. And Apple came in and delivered the iPod, and there you go, right? As they say, the rest is history. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic for this for them. Um, they belong in, in the high-end display market, first and foremost. Um, Ten years ago, you had three companies, maybe four, who were the penultimate display uh, in HD. It was Panasonic, it was Pioneer, and it was Sony. Mm -hmm. Two of those three have stopped manufacturing at this point. So I'm, I, I guess part of me is, is nostalgic and hopes they hold on and hopes that they can do it. Um, I think 4K will help them. I think actually HDR will help them more. Mm -hmm. uh, and yes, if they can start manufacturing OLED. <laughs> fantastic. fantastic. Uh, let's move on to an article that comes to us from CE Pro. This is from Jason Knott. Uh, you know him. He's one of our regulars. Uh, this article is a, uh, about a small integrator who has implemented a profitable service plan. As many of you uh, viewers or listeners probably know, for the last, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years or so, everyone has been on us to implement some form of RMR, some form of recurring monthly revenue. It's the only way you can value add your company. It's the only way you will survive. Um, the, the fact of the matter is a lot of integrators have trouble with this and have a, an even harder time selling it. This article covers uh, Walt Reedon of the Gulf Coast AV uh, 
sorry, I may have phrased that like Florida Gulf Coast there. Um, and their ability to sell service plans. They've got essentially three tiers that start uh, with the gold package topping at 149 down to a basic uh, plan that offers um, some very basic services at a reduced hourly rate. Uh, Sanjay, is this something that dealers should look at as a blueprint to, 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 to implement their own RMR? Because we all know how tough RMR can be to implement effectively. Um, you know, I actually give them a lot of credit. They pulled off a plan that that seems to be working for them. Um, I don't know if it's gonna, if it's something you can just take and pour gasoline on and say, okay, hey, everyone, just follow this recipe and off you go. Um, I think there's a certain clientele that this is gonna tailor well to, and there's a certain clientele where this is not gonna tailor. So I think you've gotta uh, think about who your customer base is. If, if uh, you know, based upon the amount of money they spend in in uh, um, in home automation or other areas of you know uh, of uh, entertainment in the house and how much support they're really going to require and because it also can backfire against you a little bit as well right as far as well, why do I need to keep paying every month and why do I need to keep having all the services and stuff too big too complex so um, I think it'll work in certain markets I think it'll work for based on who your customer base is um, I don't think it's something that it's just uh, blanket that you give to everyone because I think it can also work against you. Very good. Tim, is RMR really the, the golden goose for the residential industry or is adapting to the new technology that's available a, a better play knowing that you can almost eh, sell RMR easier with some of these new, you know, IOT devices and, and true, you know, integrated smart home stuff. Is that easier than with your traditional, you know, home theater or lighting packages and, and things like that? So in, in talking with, uh, interviewed Hangai Finder uh, from Access Networks a couple months ago for an article I wrote for CE Pro and in talking with him about the network in general, he made a comment to me. He said the network is the new, the, the switch is the new hub for AV. It is the new hub. Um, he makes a point, right? It, it's, it's an incredible point because you've got, let's say 75%, and that's a conservative estimate, 75% of the devices that AV integrators are going to put into a home are going to be network enabled. You're going to be able to see them, watch them, um, um, manipulate them from the network. Selling those has become more and more difficult to make money on. The, the margin, and folks, have, people smarter than me have talked for years about the margin shrinking, right? Where 10, 15 years ago, you were making 30 points. Now you're lucky if you're pulling five out of a job on, on a particular product. So you've got, you have to make money then somewhere along the lines to stay in business. This makes sense, right? Being able to monitor, being able to remotely manage, not you know, being able to help your client out and provide an incredible experience to them without rolling a truck. Because mm -hmm. truck rolls are anywhere between $75 and $215, depending on where you are Geogra ge geographically in the U.S. Every time or you roll Canada. a truck. Hmm? Or Canada. 30 cents in Canada. <laughs> 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 but... um 
you know, so you've got to figure out ways to do that. This is a, is a pretty decent way to do this though, to get, to create this, you go back to Haggai's point. It's the network. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a robust network. If you don't have a, a, a network that you can access and you can maintain remotely, then you can't do something like this. Yeah, that, that's the key is that when you're trying to sell RMR just for the sake of selling RMR, it's incredibly difficult. But when you use it as a, uh, a jumping point to ensure that your systems are designed properly to handle that, that's where you start to, uh, to see the, the increase. All right, gentlemen, let's hit our last story. And I jump I, in on one point on yes, that? Yes, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think I think except RMR is like the the holy grail, right? And I think it's making sure people perceive and see the value. Because uh, think about everything that you pay on a monthly basis, security, whether you like a cable company or not, uh, you probably don't. Uh, <laughs> internet, you're getting a value for that monthly spend that you're doing. Um, so I think it's just people understanding the value to your point. I'm going to service you better. You actually aren't going to know I'm there, but I am watching over your house. I'm watching over making sure everything's working. So I think if you can, you know, properly communicate that value, um, it's a model that that could work. But uh, like I said before, I think it's I think it's in uh, it's in a certain markets and, and based on your clientele and your customer base. Very good. Let's move on to the last story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Systems. Cedia Business Expo, or sorry, don't tell (laughs) boys at Cedia I said that. Cedia (laughs) Exchange, their registration is open for 2017. Uh, This is an event that will take place in San Antonio in the first uh, couple of days of March. Uh, It's a two-day event that features peer networking opportunities and expert-led workshops that hone in on maximizing sales and marketing techniques. Sanjay, is this something that is, is this just another conference and just another opportunity to get a bunch of dealers together in a room or has CDA kind of put something together here um, that is, you know, really a, a must attend event for integrators. And I guess um, I should preface this first with, um, I have not attended. I don't know if you have. I, I have not attended. Um, you know, I think Cedia is, is, I think they're doing a good job of putting these events together uh, as a place of uh, where people can exchange ideas, learn from each other, learn how to grow a business. Cause you know, we talk to dealers every day. We talk to distributors every day um, and their business has to change. And I think they're seeing that and feeling that. So I think I applaud CDF for trying to put these venues together where people can come together um, and try and find ways of how do I get an RMR business installed, you know, implemented in, in my company or, or different topics of that nature. Because I think the whole traditional AV dealer distributors, um, their business is going to change. Just with all the things we talked about from the first, or first, you know, the first article you mentioned, mm-hmm. Amazon Echo, Google Home, whatever Microsoft ends up doing, um, all the different devices and IT devices that are coming out. You know, I mean, it's it's changing a lot, and their margins are shrinking exponentially from where they were five years ago. So, I think it's good for people to come together as long as everyone's open to exchange ideas. Um, wanting to learn, willing to learn. Um, but I think f- 
finding different places like this, so it's maybe more than once a year where it could be a little bit more regionalized for folks. I, I think it's a good thing. Um, I think it is. Very good. Tim, I, I don't think you've been to this, but you've been to uh, Infocom's kind of version of this. Mm -hmm. I, I always wonder with events like this, it's so hard to get dealers to take time away, right? Everyone's pulled in so many different directions. Um, but you and I both know guys uh, and, and girls that have been to this event, uh, both from the manufacturing side and as the, the integrator side. Is this something where dealers really need to make the investment to, you know, as Sanjay said, pick up on some new ideas and, and figure out how to retool to keep up with the, the, the current trends. Well, take a step, a step back and, and talk about the conference itself and, and conferences like this in commercial AV, you have uh, the AV executive conference, which is Infocom's business leadership. Uh, you have the NSCA BLC, you have buying groups and consortium uh, uh, gatherings, uh, whether it's PSNI, USAV. Um, this is one of the few ones for residential AV, right? Yeah. And it, I don't know of another one to be I, honest. Well, I don't either, but I, I'm not, I'm not going to say there's not. I'm just, I don't. No, 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 no. But I, I have not heard of another one. And so, and, and I'm going to steal a line that somebody hundred years ago said is smart. There's a difference between working on your business and working in your business. Right. What these folks do, you know, Sunday through Sunday, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, is they work in their business, trying to make money, making sure their employees are paid, making sure health insurance, making sure things happen. This is two or three days out of the year, out of the 365, that they can actually work on the business. And it's incredibly important to step back, take a, take a, a broader view of the industry, take a broader view of your business personally, how you run it, how, how your employees are, are interacting with it, how they're able to advance, um, and, and how, the, how you can, you know, bottom line, increase your bottom line over the next 12 months. Very good. If you are in, yeah, go ahead. No, I think that's a great point. I think it's a great point. Yeah, the fact that they, they get a chance to work on it versus in it, um, I think that will give them a new perspective. Very true. If you are interested in attending the business exchange, uh, you can save up to $100 on your registration costs by January 18th. So check out cedia.net slash business exchange. No E, just an X. All right, gentlemen, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Resi Week. Thank you so much for being here, even though Joe got stuck in a snowstorm, i.e. spent a day trying to learn how to broadcast to Facebook. Um, again, thanks so much for being here. Uh, Sanjay, where can people connect with you and find out more about your company? Yeah, no, great. Thank you very much. So uh, go to our website, www.tiohome.com. Um, learn a little bit about uh, what we do from our home automation solutions somewhere uh, we have some unique uh, 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 product offerings and uh, can contact us there beautiful thank you so much Timothy where can people connect with with you uh, if they want to do the whole social media they can do uh, TD Tim David Albright at avnation.tv uh, no, that's not right Tim at avnation.tv is my email. TD Albright is on Twitter. Sorry. Uh, I'm confused. It's you know, three weeks before Christmas. Um, but also the website, which I'll let you do. Oh, that's fantastic. You should, you should do podcasts more often. I should. 
Uh, if you want to connect with myself, you can find me at uh, Matt D. Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. If you want to connect with Joe and tell him you missed him on today's show, you should do that. I'm pretty sure it's, oh shoot, what is Joe's? Do you have Joe's? Thoughtful Home. Thoughtful Home, yes. Tweet the Thoughtful Home and say, hey, I thought you were on Resi Week this week because he forgot. Um, but more importantly, uh, please stop by avnation.tv. You'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows in all the other verticals that we cover in this lovely AV industry that we so love. Uh, we are extremely thankful for our underwriters. So please, when you're visiting our website, check out our underwriter page. You'll uh, find all their information there and uh, they support us. We ask that you would support them. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Resi Week.